0: Okay, fast, uh, hard change of pace, because I'm going to share with you a really hard quote to swallow, but I think it's true. This quote comes from uh, one of my favorites, and I know he gets himself in hot water, but he's still one of my favorites, uh, Andy Stanley. Um, Here's what he said. Christians are viewed by the unchurched world as being judgmental, homophobic, moralists who think they're the only ones going to heaven, and secretly relish the fact that everyone else is going to hell. I really don't like that quote, but I'm, I'm afraid that that's probably pretty accurate. Share it again. Christians are viewed by the unchurched world as being judgmental, homophobic, moralists, who think they're the only ones going to heaven, and secretly relish the fact that everyone else is going to hell. If that's how many or most unchurched folk view us, what do we need to do to change that perception? What, what is it that we should do to make that not true for them? And many times we try to argue them into our reality. You know, we debate them. Uh, today we might Facebook them to death, and uh, it's, it's good we have that, but I don't think you're going to change their minds by Facebooking them. Just don't. I don't think through likes on the Insty, uh, I don't think uh, going in an ugly debate on Twitter is going to do it. So how can we change unchurched Harry and Mary's mind That we really are not judgmental, homophobic moralists, pleased that everyone else is going to burn for eternity. How can we convince them? And uh, I I have some good news. We actually have some answers to that. We're going to go to John chapter 13 to begin this morning. The Gospel of John chapter 13, find it on your phone, find it in your Bible. Uh, Clint's going to put it up here on the screen. Here's, uh, here's how to change people's mind according to Jesus. We're going to stand in a minute. Okay, This is the appetizer again. You have to stand for the appetizer. We found that out last week. Uh, a new command I give you, Jesus says, love one another. That word love there is agapeo, uh, love that is selfless, love That is fueled by Jesus' love that is others-focused. Okay, Uh, A new command I give you, agapeo, one another, as I have loved you. That's how Jesus loves us. So you must love one another. Verse 35, by this, by what? Agapeo, loving one another. By this love, everyone will know that you are my disciples... If, if you love, if you agape one another. Listen close. Love, agape love, that only flows from Jesus through his Holy Spirit is the hallmark of Christianity. Agape love that only comes as we get connected to the source of agape love and allow his Holy Spirit to work through us is the defining mark of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It's the hallmark of Christianity. It's the defining mark of what it means to know and follow. Now Jesus says, a new suggestion I give you. Is that what it says? A new, what is it? A new command when you feel like it. Okay, so wait for the feeling to come upon you. And when you feel like it, and when it's easy, and when it's convenient, that's when you should agape each other. Is that what it says? There's no clauses. There's no ifs. It's love one another. Command. King Jesus, listen closely, commands us that we must agape one another. With the love of Jesus. That, that's a command from the king. First question: How are we supposed to love each other? How, how is it that it's supposed to happen? What's it supposed to look like, verse 34? He said he tells us here, it's pretty good. Love one another, Jesus followers, as Jesus loves us. Okay? Now think with me. Think about what Jesus did on the cross, what he did in arising from the dead, what, what Jesus does as he works through us, how does Jesus love you and me, church? Because we're supposed to love each other in the same way that Jesus loves us. First, Jesus loves us sacrificially. He, he was willing to sacrifice. He was willing to take our place on the cross, So I would argue, first, how does Jesus love you and me? He loves us sacrificially. Secondly, he loves us unconditionally. In other words, uh, I'm going to say something that's going to tick a few of you off. If you're in the do system and you're trying to earn, you don't like this statement, but it's true. Nothing we can do will cause Jesus to love us more. Nothing. Nothing. And I like this one even better because I'm a goofball. Nothing I can do could ever cause Jesus to love me less. It's, it's unconditional. He loves us strong and true. And finally, it's, it's that last one. He loves us sacrificially. He loves us unconditionally. He loves us consistently. In a world of weak and waffling love, Jesus' love is strong and true, and it never changes. How how does Jesus love us? Say it again. Loves us sacrificially, loves us unconditionally. He loves us consistently. So, this is aimed at followers of Jesus. This is aimed at the body of Christ. So, how are we supposed to love each other? uh, Who are each other? Well, we'll start here with the body. So, you have permission now to look around. Okay? So normally normally it's bad form to turn around and look behind you. Did you know that? Yeah, who's behind you? I don't know, I, I can't look. Go ahead, you have permission? Look, because this applies to the people to your right. You can look, look down to the left. Oh, that's you. I got to love you that way. I got to love the person behind me. Yep. Love each other in the church body sacrificially. Give me your eyes. That means when Margaret Dudek is in the ICU in Puerto Rico, we give sacrificially and get her home. That means when the building down the road is over a 100 years old and falling apart, you give sacrificially so there's a a new building, a center for our youth. That's what he's talking about. You, You look out for the other needs and people first and foremost. Love each other sacrificially. We love each other in the body of Christ unconditionally. Well, he's a Northman, and I'm a rambler. I don't don't think that's possible. I'm a Spartan. He's maize and blue. Those two things don't go together, right? They live on the lake. I live in a modular. (laughs) How on earth is that going to happen? We homeschool. Can you believe it? They public school. How on earth can we get along with each other? Just please note, there's no ifs, there's no clauses in the command. Love one another. In the passage we're going to read, he says it like seven times. Love one another. Oh, by the way, in case you didn't get it, love, agape, one another. And then, we're to love each other in the family consistently. Even when the people to your right and to your left mess up. Maybe especially when we mess up. Maybe I keep loving consistently even if the person to my right or left, if they lose their job and get fired, I keep loving them consistently. Even if they go through a really rough patch in their marriage. Even if they get a divorce. Even if they go bankrupt. Even if they get arrested, we love each other consistently in the body of Christ. Do you understand? We need each other especially when the bottom drops out and things go very, very badly. We're commanded to love each other like Jesus loves us. Remember? Love like Jesus. And and why should we do that? Because it's a command, and it's a command to love just like Jesus loves you and me. So why is this so important? Why is this vital? Why is this critical? Critical. Balcony, why on earth would we be commanded to love with the agape love of Jesus on one another? We get the answer. Go back to verse 35. By this, by this agape love, all men will know that you are my disciples. It's it's by the agape love that we splash on one another, they'll know if we love one another, which means, which means unchurched Harry and Mary will know that we belong to Jesus. How will they know that we really belong and know Jesus? Is when they see us consistently, sacrificially, unconditionally loving on each other. Are you tracking with me? And it starts here in the church family. When they see love going on, this place called church, God's plan to reach and change the world today is the local church. When we're loving on each other, splashing, sacrificial, unconditional, consistent love, they know that this Jesus we speak of is real. Are you tracking? Because we talk about Jesus, right? We talk about Jesus, but they don't know that it's real until it's validated by our actions and it starts toward each other. Do you notice we're supposed to start the agape love with one another? Of course we show love to those outside the church family, but it starts... What he says is, they'll know that you really love me. They'll know what you're saying is true. They'll know that you really belong to me when they see our love, our agape. Sacrificially. Unconditionally. Consistently. However, the reverse is true as well, isn't it? When unchurched Harry and Mary, they look at the church and and we don't like each other. And we're yelling and fighting and splitting and gossiping. And, and, and we're, we're really, really ugly towards each other. Guess what? They get that message too. And when they see that we are showing each other fickle, waffling, conditional love. Give me your eyes. Then they holler out in their minds and sometimes with their mouths, hypocrite, fraud fake, and they, they hear our words, and they see our rules, and we're moralists, and, and, and we think we're better than them, but when they see no love, they holler out, fake, fraud, I want nothing to do with that, I don't see any of this love of Jesus Christ going on between you. I'm going to pick this theme up now. Move with me to First John. Uh, this is Gospel of John. Now you want to go First and Second Peter, First John, uh, Chapter Four. Same writer, humanly, same inspiration, Holy Spirit. Uh, now in First John, Chapter Four, he continues that theme, and in Chapter Four, he's going to continue to tell us what's our secret weapon. Those people who look at us and assume that we hate them and want them to burn for all of eternity, what's the secret sauce that we have to reach them? We're going to see it more here in 1 John chapter 4. Would you stand with me if you're able, please? What's our secret sauce uh, for reaching those who don't like who we are and what we stand for? Here's... The Secret Sauce, one more time. Start with verse 7. We're going to read down through verse 12. First John chapter 4. Let's declare God's word together. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. And his love is made complete in us. Let's pray. Lord, I've been reminded this last week as I've prepared that there truly is a a famine of agape love. This world around us is starving to see your agape love in action the love that only comes from your Son, Jesus. So, Lord, I'm praying and asking that as we study your book together right now, that you might give us each a fresh passion, a holy desire to get filled and stay filled daily with your agape love. Lord, uh, that only happens as we pay attention to our lives daily. So... uh, might this agape love start start to burning a fire in each of us this morning. And I pray that that might catch fire and we'll be able to uh, agape one another here in your church family. Might we be able to do that sacrificially? Might we love each other unconditionally? Lord, help us to love each other consistently even when the bottom drops out. Would you start that in us? Because the folks around us in northern Michigan won't believe our words until they see our love. So start that process in us. Meet us here today in your church. Like we do every Sunday, we invite your spirit, Jesus, to come. We welcome you into your church. Come take charge. We're all in different places in life, different circumstances, different situations, but your word is alive. We ask that you might speak. We're listening. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one loving, unified voice, you can be seated. Here's how John Piper put it. I like it. The new birth in Jesus is the act. This might be worth writing down. This is so good. I'm not not kidding you. I wish I would have dreamt this up, but the Lord gave it to John. The new birth in Jesus is the act of the Holy Spirit connecting our dead, selfish hearts with Jesus Christ's living, loving heart. That's good. The new birth, when we come into personal relationship with Christ, when we say, yes, I do, I believe, I receive you, Jesus, the new birth in Jesus is the act of the Holy Spirit connecting my dead, selfish heart with Jesus Christ's living, loving heart. Verse 7, love comes from God. 1 John 4, 7. Uh, Then he goes a step further, verse 8. Matter of fact, God is love. So love, agape love, comes from above. Matter of fact, his nature is at core agape. This is the love that Jesus loves. This is the love that Jesus loves to see in us. There is a love, the love of this fallen, sinful, selfish world that God hates. But this love, agape love is the love that Jesus loves in us. The way heat is from fire, the way that light is from the sun, love flows from the nature of Jesus Christ. Verse 9. The key demonstration of agape love in all of history. You know what it is? This is how God showed his love among us. What does love look like? The Father sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. Verse 10, He sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Atoning sacrifice. Fancy word there is propitiation. Go ahead, put the, the lamb slide up there. Um, that is the atoning sacrifice. That is Propitiation, it's a fancy word, but it's a good one to know. It means that God's wrath has been removed from us. How did that happen? Jesus Christ took our place. He was the lamb, the sinless, perfect lamb, uniquely qualified to be the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, therefore removes God the Father's wrath. Love demonstrated to humanity for all of history is God the Father sending God the Son to earth to take the hit for my greatest problem in life. And I have you tell me quite often, what is Jeff's greatest problem in life? Go ahead, tell me. You're a sinner. (laughs) Okay? Now it's my turn. But what's your greatest problem in life as well? What's your greatest problem? You are what? Eh? So we're sinners and Love demonstrated is when God the Father sends God the Son to take our place for our sin problem. Propitiation. He bears the punishment, Jesus did, for your sins and mine. Why? Why, oh why, would Jesus do this for you and for me? Why would he do that? And the answer is, you ready? Agape love. He was looking out for our needs and interests more than his own. The love of God the Father and God the Son for us. First John 3, 16. And by the way, John is one of those repetitive things. He keeps saying these things over and over. First John three sixteen. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. How do we know what love is and what it looks like? It's been defined very clearly, very specifically. Love is Jesus Christ laying down his life for us. What genuine love looks like is the cross. It's it's what Jesus accomplished for us. Verse 10, this is love. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins, did you catch that? Sometimes, well, love is when I do good stuff in Jesus' name. No, love started when Jesus acted on our behalf. Uh, it's it's not that we loved God, but He loved us first and best, and we see that in the atoning propitiation for our sins. John is emphasizing the nature, the origin of agape love. Not our response to God, it always begins with the God of the Bible. And that's where we get in trouble, church. We try to dream up and do nice things for one another, and I'm going to be really nice, and I'm going to be a good boy today. Love begins as we get connected to the source of love. So as soon as you try to squeeze love out of your life and you didn't take the time to go get connected to the source of love, it's going to be, how does Isaiah say it? It's like dirty toilet paper. Isn't that like your favorite image? But our best righteous acts done in our own strength, our own power, uh, is is dirty toilet paper. Sorry about that. But it's something we all deal with daily, eh? Some of us more than one time a day, but that's a little too personal. The natural progression of agape love, you can't do it yourself. That's the point. Don't lose it. You can't. You got to get connected to Jesus first, and then as he fills you with his love and his spirit. Now, here we go, verse 11. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Love one another as I have loved you. He keeps making the same point over and over again. Christ followers ought to love one another. Command, love one another. People who love Jesus ought to be loving agape on each other. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. It's an obligation. Just as birds ought to fly. Just as fish ought to swim. Just as honey ought. Ought to be sweet, followers of Jesus ought to love one another. And how does that happen? Give me your eyes. Gotta get connected to the source of love. Not gonna happen until we're connected. We have we have an ought, we have an obligation, agapeo, one another. It's who we are. We've been shown this amazing love by Jesus Christ. Catch this. And now, since he's shown us such amazing agape, now, because I am so loved, how could I not pass that on to the people around me, especially to the people who I share Jesus with? You've been shown agape, I've been shown. How could we not pass this love on to each other? Hold your spot. I want you to find Romans chapter 8. Uh, I want to show you how much you've been loved. And if you're in the habit of marking up your Bible, this would be a good passage to mark up, okay? Uh, so you'll remember it. You can go refer back. Romans 8, slide down to verse 35. Uh, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, uh, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword, as it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. we're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Now it gets back on. Now, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through Him, Jesus, who loves us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, the present nor the future, nor powers, height, death, anything else in all of creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Jesus, our Lord Christ. Jesus our Lord question what could ever separate you from the love of Christ what's the answer what's what could ever separate the love of Jesus from me what's the answer nothing so as soon as you're thinking that way you're thinking poorly you're not lining up your thinking with the book and that's the engine and the feelings need to follow far too often we put the feelings first and now we're headed in a really bad direction. Here's the point. We're so loved, and that love is consistent and strong and sacrificial um, and unconditional. That's such a strong love. Therefore, as you go back to 1 John, we ought, we ought, we're commanded, love your brothers and sisters in Jesus. Command. Love begins in the family of Christ, the church family. It starts here, and then as they see it and then as they experience it from us, it catches fire. (laughs) That's how we respond to people who say, No, you you think you're better than me, and, and you are some moralist, judgmental, homophobic. I tell you what, how do we battle that? Are you ready? We battle it with the love of Christ. That is what God's words. How, how do we defeat that kind of thinking? It, there's only one way. It, it's through the love, the agape of Jesus flowing through us. So uh, how are we supposed to do this? Okay? I just gave you the big general answer, but let me give you some specifics, um, and then give you three. Here we go. Uh, there's probably a hundred, but I'm going to give you three. Uh, first, you got to make sure you're plugged into the power source. Uh, last fall, we spent a long time—seven, uh, eight weeks—talking about how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. How do I, how do I get the power of the Holy Spirit flowing in and through me? Uh, if you want to get the, the the tapes or the CDs, see Jody. We'll we'll make that happen, but you got to get connected. You got to stay connected. You got to walk and abide with the source of agape, because until that happens, there's going to be no agape in my life. Not not happening. It's not going to happen in your life or mine. Agape only comes from the source. The generator, the giver of agape, is Jesus Christ and His Spirit living in us. And until you daily, regularly get connected to Jesus and have his agape in you, it's not going to happen. It's some cheap, fake, fraud, uh, dirty toilet paper version of love. And there's a whole lot of that going on. I'm telling you, when we get connected to Jesus and his spirit is flowing through us, that's real, that's genuine, people sit up and notice. Whoa, what's going on? If you just go back, if you have your Bible or your phone, go back to 1 3. And that's really what John begins with. He says, I'm proclaiming to you something, 1 uh, 3 of 1 John. I'm, I'm talking to you about having fellowship with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. That's the Greek word koinonia, which just won the national spelling bee. Did you know that? That was the winning word, koinonia. Yeah. And uh, somebody said, could you spell it? I said, I don't think so. Uh, And I proved it because my computer had some red underlines saying, nope, nope. Uh, Anyway, uh, koinonia means friendship, connection, abiding with the Father and with his Son, Jesus. So here's what John says. I'm proclaiming to you what the important thing in life is, and that's to get connected and stay connected to the source of agape. That's Jesus Christ. He starts this book, this letter, that way. That's, that's where it begins. Uh, and if you go to chapter 2 and verses 27 and 28, he says, As for you, the anointing you received remains in you, continue in him, Jesus. What's the anointing? The anointing is the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit But the Holy Spirit comes alive when you allow Jesus to take charge, and then he starts flowing through you, and then you can splash that love on everybody around you. Jesus said, uh, if the salt loses its saltiness, it's really not good for much. Give me your eyes, church. Too many of us spend far too much of our day, on average, filled with Old, selfish, sinful, I'll start with me, Jeff. And I promise you, if you catch me and I'm filled with Jeff, it's not pretty. <laughs> it's cynical, it's it's critical, it's sarcastic, and I don't even have to work at it. Do you understand? And neither do you. You've got your ways, and if you're just filled with old, sinful, self as you, it's pretty ugly. What the world, what... What your spouse, what your children, what your co-workers, what your fellow students are dying to see in you, give me your eyes, is you filled with the love of Jesus. They're dying to see that. I would argue they're seeing far too little of the love of Jesus. Why is that? Because we're not taking the time daily... And then if you get disconnected by noon, what do you got to do? This isn't rocket science, y'all. Get reconnected. I don't care if you got to go get alone somewhere, got to go sneak into the bathroom, lock the door, do whatever you got to do, but go get reconnected when you realize you've got disconnected from the source. Okay? Second way we're to show love to one another, go back to chapter 3 and verse 12, because... I, th- I think this speaks. I-, I think this is a little more helpful. It says in 3, verse 12, Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. Okay? So, uh, second second way that we're supposed to live this out is don't be like Cain. Don't kill people with rocks on their heads. Okay? Isn't that good? Yeah, that was helpful. But thanks, Pastor Jeff. Uh, because... Uh, uh, Abel was accepted, and Cain was rejected. Why Why was he jealous and envious? Because his brother was doing good stuff, and God was pleased and blessed him. Abel was doing it God's way, obeyed the Lord, uh, brought the best, uh, and Cain didn't do it God's way, and he was jealous and envious, and in an angry fit of rage, what did he do? Doesn't that picture speak? I thought, ooh. Yeah, he's, he's about to end his brother's life. Listen close. Agape, when somebody who knows Jesus around me in the family does well, and God is using them and blessing them, we rejoice with them. Do you understand? That, that's the point. Family, church family, when, when other people around you, God is using them, celebrate. Say it with your mouth. Brant, you're doing a great job. God's using you in marvelous ways. But I'm telling you, in our flesh, we're jealous. In our old sinful, selfish, how come he's not using me like that? How, how, come, how come they're getting acknowledged and blessed and I'm not? Why is he using... Pastor Chad, and why is he not using me? I'm just telling you, the old sinful, selfish me doesn't want you to succeed. I want to be better than you. Do you understand? That's at core what's going on with Cain. And we got to say, no, no, I want to rejoice. I want to celebrate. And when you're feeling Envious and jealous of other people that the Lord is using, that should be like a siren in your soul. (laughs) There should be like alarm bells when people are are being celebrated because God is using them and you're upset about that. That's Cain. (laughs) That's the spirit of Cain that's coming up and, and flowing through you. That's not good. Jealousy and envy drain the love of Christ. Between us. Do you understand? When we're jealous and envious, and I'm not celebrating because the Lord's using you, because you got your raise, because uh, you, you are able to uh, be used of the Lord. As soon as you are jealous and, and envious, walls and barriers go up. So let me just say this next week. As soon as you start feeling jealous and envious because the Lord is working in someone else's life, renounce that as sin. Out loud, I call that sin, Jesus, and I run to you. And would you wash and cleanse? Would Would you help me to begin rejoicing? And then I would say out loud, you go to somebody, maybe who you've been jealous or envious with, and just say, hey, praise Jesus that he's using you. I'm rejoicing with you that the Lord is working in your life. That's how you do it, out loud. That's sin. That, that's being like Cain. That's garbage. I am going to rejoice, and I praise you, Lord, for how you're using those folks. Oh, and by the way, usually here's the problem, because I haven't taken the time to get connected, and I'd really like you to start using me. <laughs> so help me to start splashing the love of Christ around Um, Third step, quick, we're almost out of time. Third step to uh, show the love, it's it's a sacrificing thing. 3.16 says it, It, it's a giving for the good of others, no expectation of anything in return. Um, 1 John 3, willingness to meet the needs of others, even at great cost to ourselves. Well, how do you know that? Exhibit A, Jesus Christ dying for you and me. Exhibit B, 317, he says it. If anyone has material possessions, sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Another sign that you're missing love, the gauge has gone empty. What's another sign? Is when you see people around you, and you could meet a need, and you say, no, no, I'm keeping that for me. Agape love looks for needs. And they're able to reach out with agape love and show pity and care and love on one another. Even if it's at great personal expense and sacrifice. Share with what the Lord's given you. Why would I share my stuff? I worked hard for my stuff. I earned my stuff. I, 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 I hoard my stuff very carefully. Why would I want to give it away? Um, Because Jesus gave it to you, because Jesus gave you the body to work hard. He gave you the mind to work smart. He gave you the drive to work diligently. He put you in a country where he could bless you. And oh, by the way, because he gave sacrificially for you, that's why we choose to pass it on. So, how do we show this agape love? First, if you don't get the number one, two and three really don't matter. Got to work hard at getting connected to Jesus daily. (laughs) For me, hourly on some days, Uh, even some bad hours, (laughs) several times an hour. Uh, Secondly, we need to learn to rejoice and celebrate with those who are doing well. And I'm telling you, for me, if I say it out loud, when I catch myself being jealous and envious, that's sin. Out loud, I need to hear me say it. And I say it to the Lord, that's sin. I call it sin. Lord, I confess it as sin. And then I go to that person and say, Hey, Pastor Andy, you're doing great. I'm I'm rejoicing with how the Lord is using you. Tracking? Finally, meet needs. As you're filled up and you see people around you who, who could use a bit of help, and that could go in a thousand different directions, As the Lord shows you, love like Jesus. Why? Because Jesus loved us first and best, right? And I'm telling you, give me your eyes and we're done. The best argument we have, the best evidence we have to challenge unchurched Harry and Mary, who thinks all sorts of awful things about us here. Are you ready? It's to get connected to Jesus and start splashing love on each other. They can't argue that one away. They can't dismiss that. They'll know that our message is true and valid. And then, as the Lord gives you opportunity to splash that love on them, I'm telling you what, it melts hearts, changes minds, drives people to the cross through his power and his love. Let's pray. Lord, in some ways it's pretty simple, and yet in other ways it's really, really hard (laughs) to live like we just talked. So we just acknowledge that. And would you uh, help us to get convinced way down deep there's nothing we can work up, there's nothing we can do, There's nothing we can make happen until we first get connected to your son, Jesus. Start abiding, being in right relationship with him and allowing your agape love to flow through us. So if you're seated here today and that's your heart's desire, Lord, I want you to use me, Um, help convince me down to my bones, I can't do it. It's only you working through me that that's possible. Lord, see my hand. That's my heart's desire. I I want to start seeing your agape flow through me. That's my hand up right there. Lord, help me to celebrate and rejoice when those around me here in the church family are being blessed and experiencing success and fruit. And Lord, when envy and jealousy appear, Lord, help me quickly to notice. Help me to do the U-turn and say it out loud. That's sin. And I confess that Jesus' is sin, wash and cleanse. Mm-hmm. And then, Lord, help me to boldly and humbly go to folks that I get envious and jealous about. Help me, Lord, to tell them how pleased I am that you're using them. And, Lord, finally, help us to look for those around us who need help. May that start in the family. And Lord, might that spread out to the folks that you put in our path. We love you. Pray for anybody here today who doesn't know your son personally. Lord, would you wake them up of their need for you? Would you knock really loud on their heart's door? Help them to realize all they're missing because they don't have Jesus and his spirit alive. Agape is missing because they don't have Jesus alive in them. Make them hungry for that. It's in the mighty and strong name of Jesus we pray all these things.